Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to the Road to Making Bank, uh, episode 14. Is that right, Luca? Episode 14. 14. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. So I hope you're all going well and I'm um, good to be back in the hot seat with uh, Luca Bernay. How you going, man? Doing very well. Excited. Excited to get another episode in. One, one episode closer to our goal. Nice, nice. We, um, we cut our setup time by 20 minutes today, I think. Oh, no, wait. No, it's been... <laughs> it's been an yeah, hour. It's been like an hour and a half. Hour, hour and 40. So usually we do two and a half hours. So we're getting better. <laughs> it is getting shorter. So, yeah, that's it. So the first topic is war, war, war. When all else fails, they take you to war. That's what, um, as they say, as um, old mate Gerald Salente from the Trends Journal says, um, I don't know if you know that guy, Luca, but um, he's, he's a bit he's a bit of a fun. He's he's charismatic personality. He makes a um, a magazine that forecasts trends, and um, that's kind of his saying. He, he's force he's foreseen the the war in the world, and he's like. When all else fails, they take you to war. The the top dogs. Yeah, right. Well, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it, it refers to like, you know, inflation and shit as well. It's like when shit's getting out of hand, um, they justify um, printing more money by taking us to war and then they blame it on the war. So it's like, well, we had to print the money because um, we're at war. <laughs> So like, why are we at war? Um, to um, perhaps enrich um, some top dogs' uh, pockets, line their pockets maybe. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess everything is just an excuse to do something else, isn't it? It's just kind of like the whole thing. I guess, you know, like they talk about the whole point of living life. Um is to have children reproduce to pass on your genes to the next generation you know so everything else like you know having uh status and everything like that is just another way to mm. improve your chances of reproducing or you know passing yeah, on your making genes the, making um, the gene pool better some like they're trying to um but yeah yeah they're trying to increase their um the chances of their offspring to have a better life, right? That's that's like a, a biological imperative, right? I right. Guess. And I guess at some point, I don't know, maybe at that level, it's just wars, just a, a way to transfer things, whether it's money or resources. Um, it's going it somewhere. Be, it just seems to be painfully obvious at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> Take a look at the the weapons company stocks prices and um, how that's going, and you know do the maths. Um, or you know, who knows? I could be wrong. Maybe every every politician is squeaky clean <laughs> and um, not corrupt, but <laughs> yeah, well, say so the probabilities are low. <laughs> I don't know. You know my views on politics. Yeah, they're pulling the strings. They're pulling the strings. 
Just got to cut them. You got to cut them. Yeah, the the puppets and um, the puppet masters is what. Uh... Well, you got to cut your own <laughs> strings. You know, you got to cut them yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe harder for the civilians to cut the strings, but um, the people that influence the politicians, um, I think the politicians are pretty happy to have the strings there as long as their um, bank accounts are um, looking good. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you know, it's war, man. It's horrible, um, baffling. So, but shit's getting real. You know, like, I have no idea. I'm not going to comment on the the conflict in the Middle East. So I have no idea. I'm just not knowledgeable enough at all. What do but, we know? Um, uh, yeah, what do we know is... Well, let, yeah, so apparently this terrorist group, Hamas, or I don't know what they are. I, I don't even know. Yeah. So this group have killed people. They've invaded Israel somehow, and um, um, they've they've took the first step. So they've instigated it, um, from what I hear. And now it's Israel just pretty much declared war and retaliation, and it's just ongoing now. I think shooting missiles, taking down apartment blocks. It's been innocent people have died. Um, which is the most horrendous thing, I think, is just the death of innocent people. Um, so, that's all I know, yeah. That's literally Hamas, I think they've, you know, declared war and invaded, and then Israel have declared war against him back, or, um, and people have died, that's all I know. Yeah, I don't really... There was a mention um, of USA sending ships. Yeah, so this is the main thing, like um, the fact that it could lead to like a big, big World War Three is that um, USA is, get, is getting involved. They've gotten involved, and I think I can't remember where I heard it, but I think they've been shooting down missiles in the air or something. So they've taken action. They're not just like sending ships in their idle, but they've done something. So I don't know what they've done. Like they've, like I don't know whose missiles they were shooting down, but, um, yeah. So yeah, something right. to be aware of. Um, I feel safe here in Thailand. Um, Australia, you know, they're gonna follow USA, I guess, and probably do whatever they say. Um, you might be conscripted soon enough. Yeah, it's a reality for Americans more so because they actually have a draft, um, which is for men only, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, man, um, who knows what they could do anything now. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if they made a draft in Australia um, after all the shenanigans over the last three years. Um, so, yeah, it's a reality for Americans. Um, yeah, American um, 
men, I guess. There's there's very few. I think there's a few countries that conscript uh, women. Um, I think Israel being one of one of them. Um, yeah, right. I didn't I really mean, the, I didn't realize there were any countries that did that. Yeah, there's a few. I think North Korea as well. I remember reading somewhere. Um, Israel. I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Possibly Norway as well. I think. Yeah. Uh, could be wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, the last time the draft happened in America, I think, was uh, Vietnam War. I think it may be like... Could be wrong. I'm pretty sure... Sh- 60,000 Amer- guys died, I think, that were drafted. I think. Yeah. I think so. You can fact check me on that, Luke. <laughs> okay. Um, How many draftees died in the Vietnam War? The US draftees. Countries like Israel, Myanmar, Eritrea, Libya, Malaysia, North Korea, Peru, and Tunisia conscript women into the armed forces, but differ in length of service and are allowed exemptions. Uh, right. Yeah, so it's yeah, more than I thought. But, um Yeah. So Norway yeah, was the first NATO you know, country to embrace the concept of universal conscription, women and men. Norway, did you say? Yeah. Uh right. Yeah. First I NATO country. That. Yeah, I don't know if they do the same roles. Like, I don't know if they're front line, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Wild. Mm. It's a wild world, Luca. Um, it's getting wilder. Well, I guess for um, people saying that, arguing that f- feminists are... <laughs> Uh, don't have equal rights, then now they uh, also have equal non-rights. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess if you want to, if you, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? These days, it's it's, it's not it's not equality if only one gender is getting drafted. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, I cut you off, man. Yep. I was just gonna say it's um, yeah, to belong to a nation, I guess there are responsibilities responsibilities bestowed upon you um but not not mm. everyone has the opportunity to leave the country that they're born in or the, the country that they've they've ended up in um so yeah mm. i guess it's uh sometimes if you believe in it or not you're you're there so yeah yep um australia doesn't have conscription i'm not sure if they ever did but like doing one year service or whatever but yeah i'd um i'd probably you know take up arms if someone was invading say if i was living in australia and someone was invading and threatened to kill me or my family or people that i know but i don't know in terms of overseas wars this it's just too crazy now there's too much corruption and there's no way i'm gonna um fight for my country um yeah after um witnessing the events of history yeah i suppose it kind of becomes hard to um 
be certain that you're doing it for the right reasons, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's it. It's hard to distinguish. So, so yeah, um, that is the big news in the world. Um, yeah, and when it comes to macroeconomics, it's like, so, you know, historically, it's it's it seems to you know, countries get in massive debt after, after major wars. So it's like a license to print money pretty much. Um, I'm pretty sure, sh- I think, so the German hyperinflation, the um, Weimar Republic hyperinflation, uh, that, that was caused by um, war spending. So I think it was the debt they owed, Germany owed to other countries or whatever. And they, they just printed, printed, printed. And, um, then they were paying for shit with wheelbarrows full of cash. So, um, so you have to consider that a possibility now when it comes to um, countries, countries you're living in, um, whether they're going to get the money printers going, um, whether they won't, whether they won't get involved in the war. Um, uh, but yeah, but who knows, man, it, Maybe the war doesn't get bigger. Maybe, um, but maybe it does. So it's something to think about. So, what what do the um, George Gammons of the world say when the when there comes war? Um, yeah. In terms of the macro scene, yeah, I think he has similar views to me. Yeah. Um, Is it a time to invest, or is it? What do you hold, or is he still, regardless of worldly scenarios and situations, just buy when it's cheap, accounting for inflation? Yeah. Well, that's George Gammon's um, motto. So, in order to buy things when they're cheap now in the stock market, there'd probably need to be a big crash. Yeah, which is um, getting more and more likely every day with um. Uh, you know, interest rates being higher than um, what uh, what assets were purchased at times when uh, interest rates were, were low. So, yeah, you know, I think the U- US 10-year treasury bond now is at cl- around 5%. And then, you know, people were buying bonds two years ago, um, yielding like 2%. So that, so that means those 2% bonds are like... If someone wanted to sell those bonds in the market, they'd be losing a shitload of money because someone someone can just get a five percent bond. Because um, there's yeah, they can get a five percent bond because why would they buy a two percent bond if they can get a five percent bond? So that means the person selling the two percent bond has to lower the price of their bond, which means they're losing money. Which is a lot of which isn't the situation that a lot of banks are in now because they. Um, yeah, if they need, if there's a run on the banks or whatever and they need liquidity and they need to sell assets and they have to sell those bonds, that means um, that's what happened to Silicon Valley Bank, like pretty much identically. So um, for someone like me who doesn't really know much about bonds, how would you um, how would you simplify this? I thought I did simplify it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like for me, who I don't know anything about bonds at yeah. all. Oh, you know a little bit, don't you? Um, 
oh, we've, we've talked about it before. But pretty much it's like when interest, there's an inverse. Oh, yeah, I didn't mention I should have. So there's an inverse relationship between the price of a bond and the yield of a bond on the market. So if the yield goes up, the price of a bond um, goes down when you want to sell it on the market. Because in order, say if you have a 2% bond, and I've never bought bonds, so I could be like getting mechanics wrong. But if you have a 2% bond um, and you want to sell it, and on the market you can get a bond that gives you 5%. So if you pay $100 for this bond, you'll get, um, you know, $5.00 every um, year or whatever the coupon dates are or I don't know how I've never bought them so I don't actually really know how it works properly I'm not definitely not an expert um, yeah so you're going to need to lower the price because bonds cost a price they because you're um, because whoever buys them is getting this interest from the government so it's worth something because you're getting, it's like an asset. All right. So you're let's say, this- for example, you buy a bond for a hundred bucks, and the government's yeah. giving you five dollars. Is that right? Um, if it's yielding five percent, yeah. So say this, the two percent bond, you're only getting two two dollars. So that means, um, say the bond cost, um, you you bought it at uh 20 you know 50 cents <laughs> i'm getting probably getting the numbers wrong but now you're gonna have to sell it at like 10 cents you know what i mean because well, i mean you if if one's giving you two percent and the other like if one if one's two percent one five percent then one's giving you five dollars one's giving you two dollars that means they both cost a hundred dollars but one's giving you more and one's giving you less right yeah, no, I think it's like you, so you're giving them, actually, wait, no, you're giving them like the government a certain amount of money, like a hundred bucks, Yeah. but then the bond will cost you a little bit as well because you're going to make five bucks, but the bond might cost you like two bucks and you're going to make the difference, like uh, $3. Okay. I, th- I think that's how it works. I could be wrong. Someone please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, so you give them a certain amount of money, like a $100 bond over a certain amount of years or whatever. And then, yeah, so... Yeah, so if someone can buy a 5% bond in the market, they're not going to buy your 2% bond. So you're going to have to make it... You're going to have to entice them to buy it by lowering the price from like, you know, 50 cents to 20 cents or whatever. Right. But the one on... But the one on yielding 5% that you can buy, that costs 50 cents because you're getting a better deal and like the maths works out. Yeah. Does that sort of make sense? Yeah, yeah, I understand now. So you're saying that the one that has the more yield, you can charge more because the difference, you're still making more on the difference than someone who's selling a 2%. Yeah. Yeah. Because like if you sell yeah, if you yeah, sell you can a charge five, more for yeah. your five percent 
If you sell yeah. a five percent for two percent, you're making three percent. But if you sell a two two percent for even half, so one percent, you're only making one percent back. Yeah, yeah. So it's got to even out, which is one of yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you got to ma- you got to match the market by making it cheaper. Yeah, like um, yeah, right. Because your because your bond is not giving enough yield, so. Yeah, it's it's pretty confusing. Like, it takes a while to get your head around. Um, and so you're saying yeah. the banks are having an issue because their 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 bonds at the moment are not worth as much as the current bond prices, or exactly, yeah. So they so they have two percent bonds. Say they have a shit ton, like billions of dollars, <laughs> like two percent bonds, and um, but the market is give, selling 5% yielding bonds. So that means if there's a run on the bank and um, the bank needs liquidity to pay out these people that are withdrawing their money and um, all this shit, then they have to sell their bonds. But like they paid a billion dollars for these bonds, but now they can only sell them for 300 million. So they've taken a $700 million loss. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. So... That is the issue, but it gets largely ignored by mainstream media. <laughs> and so it, because, cause it's like harder to understand the average person doesn't like realize this issue. The implications it kinda, of it. Yeah. It doesn't really, that's why stocks haven't crashed yet sort of thing. And, um, it's people are cutting onto it, and um, but I mean we've already had a few banks go down, so it's. But maybe maybe everyone didn't understand exactly why they went down. Everyone maybe just thought it was just a run on the banks, but it's like a liquidity issue. That's what they call it, when they can't cover their um, liabilities by selling their selling their assets. So, yeah. So that's definitely something to look out for um, in the future. It looks like um, they might not be, they might not raise interest mate rates anymore. So, you know, they were saying, you know, the New York Fed, whatever, like we're going to kill inflation. We're going to keep raising interest rates, but shit's getting real now. Like um, bond yields are rising, which means people don't want to buy bonds in the market because um, there's less demand and then they'd have to increase the yield from what I understand. And yeah, so, um, so yeah, basically as time goes on, these high interest rates are going to play out and um, rip, have ripple effects. One company goes down, another one goes down, it owes debt to another. Um, that's the, um, that's the hypothesis anyway. And we'll see how it plays out. But, you know, the thing that could stop that is if the central banks lower interest rates again, back to nothing. And if they do that, if they lower interest rates to 0% or 1% to stop stock market crashing or housing markets crashing, um, they're just going to turn on the money printers again, which is the likely scenario. And, but that, because inflation's bad already, that's just going to make consumer price inflation 
kind of infinitely worse. And um, it's at the point now, like if, if they drop interest rates again, um, it could be like they can't, you know, they're saying they can't kick the can down the road anymore at a certain point. You know, it's like the fall of Rome, the bread and circus and um, hyperinflation in Rome. And there comes a point where it doesn't work. You just don't know where that point is exactly, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's like a psychological thing. <laughs> um wild <laughs> so yes. you might you might get to see the fall of rome again shannon yeah in our lifetime so hey? well you know apparently currencies fiat currencies have 100 year life cycles i think at the most and i think it's come up coming up 100 years now so it's the timing's perfect on like these sort of currencies um for a big event to occur yeah right. So, oh, so what do you think that's about what pe- that's what people are saying though? But who knows? We could be wrong. We could be all crazy conspiracy theorists, right? But um, history doesn't um, say you know necessarily say that. <laughs> it's a probability. What does history say about gold? <laughs> well, that leads on to our, our next. Um, next bullet point that uh, the gold prices have gone up so we're talking where we are we're talking all-time highs in australian dollars at the moment three thousand one hundred and thirty eight dollars and silver is at thirty seven dollars um which is not quite an all-time high i think in australian dollars it was forty four dollars in 2011 <coughs> so yep so all-time highs in Australian dollars. It's not um, so Australian do- dollar must have gained some strength because it's not. It hasn't hit. It's not at two grand US, I think, at the moment. So, um, whatever that means. But I think it's it's a, it's it's smashed the all-time um, the previous all-time high. I'll just go to it now quickly. Um, date. Yeah, the last all-time high was I think. 3056 or something so i think it's blown past it by like 100 bucks which is huge man so i guess you know in terms of if history um the gold price is gonna you know it always it's it's not like you don't you don't think of it in terms of the gold price getting higher it's more like the fiat currency is um getting lower so it takes more currency to buy the gold that has an intrinsic value does that make sense right so yeah i guess the the gold always ha- holds its own value at the same price or well, i mean its value is gold like the value is gold itself and then the currency is just mm. either is just a representative of, of its own worth com- by comparison i suppose yeah yeah pretty much um you know, gold's gold. It'll always be gold. But um, fiat currencies can, you know, go up and go down and get debased, devalued by the amount of currency in circulation. So, yeah. And when it gets serious, you know, like German hyperinflation, they were buying... Um, oh, no. Yeah, that's right. Um, still here. Oh, oh, you just turned the video off. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it uh, cut out. Um, 
almost lost Luca that thought I lost Luca there for a sec. Um, yeah, so in the German hyperinflation, um, I think there was one guy, he had, he had like a nickname or something, but he was buying up like blocks in, um, in Berlin, I think for like, you know, ounces of gold, ounce here, ounce there, buying up city blocks and shit. <laughs> so, um, who knows? It might not get to that point, but, um, it could, who knows? Um, be very very interesting so yeah that's something to look out for um if you want some safety i mean i'm not going to make recommendations but could be wise to look at gold and silver before it gets um unattainable um the, pro- the time to buy was probably uh just maybe a couple of weeks ago when i had that that dip what was so, uh what was the last price to buy at it dropped to about probably about eighteen fifty US dollars, I think, and now it's like back up to nearly two thousand US. So, um, yeah, there that's was a big, huge. Yeah, big, yeah, so man, like, um, let's look here. All right, so on six October, which was two weeks ago, the Australian gold price was two thousand eight hundred and fifty nine, two thousand eight hundred fifty seven, actually. And now it is 3,160 in two weeks. So that's a rise of, what is that? Uh, 100, 200, $300, I think, yeah. Made a, yeah, made a sale and a purchase in that time. You'd be pretty happy. Yeah, because you've, um, your goal's gone up 300 bucks Australian, so. But you know, I got a feeling it's not going to go. No way, it's going to go down to two eight five seven again, considering all the shit that's happening, and um, maybe the money printers get um, warmed up again. So, yeah, I should have bloody emailed my dad, told him to buy some. But what um, um, what do you think people should be doing with their gold then? Um. It's, it's more just um, to have his money. It's I guess it's like it's been the realest money for like five, six thousand years. So it's more just like to preserve your wealth if you have any, um, which, you know, it's people might not be able to five, afford gold, which sucks. Um, but yeah, it's and that means you buy silver. But... Yeah, it's you look at it as real wealth, real money, and to preserve your purchasing power, insurance policy, however you want to look at it, yeah. And, um, you know, I guess that's the way to look at it. Um, yeah, do you, do you kind of think of it that way, Luca? Uh, yeah, well, I guess it's probably more of a backup, isn't it, if anything? But then it's kind of... It's kind of difficult to imagine um, in what type of scenario you could get away with using gold as a currency, as a genuine form of payment in mm. a sort of you know world yeah. war scenario where people are like starving and money isn't worth anything. If you've got gold, yeah. 
I'm like I imagine having gold in scenarios like that is almost as dangerous as not having it. Because <laughs> you're gonna get it stolen off you. Well, stolen or you know you get killed for it. Confiscated, you know, depending on what the situation is. Um, yeah, well, I, I don't know. I mean, unless you're I using, know. I don't know. I don't to bribe someone to, you know, to get you across a border or get you out of a country or get you food or something. Um, yeah, it just it just seems very. I don't know, dire. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I think there will be, you know, still a level of civility. Um, people will just barter, and if currencies fully die, but um, you know, in terms of, you wouldn't use gold to buy food or whatever. You'd use silver to buy food or exchange. Um, yeah, you know, probably buy sacks of food. Um, gold would be to buy like houses and property and shit. And, um, you know, yeah, maybe a motorcycle or something. But that's that's what I mean. In situations like that, I don't know. Having a house, you know, I don't know. It just, <laughs> I just imagine like a free for all, just kind of yeah, it- no holds barred. Um, civil war kind of thing Mad, Mad Max style yeah or like the purge or something where it's just like people just turning up to everyone's houses just in search of food or money or whatever they can grab <laughs> yeah um, maybe I'm just thinking knows? worst I fe- case scenarios yeah yeah I don't know people have lots of guns these days and especially in America and I don't know I, I, I think society could People might just lose a lot and society could just reorganize itself, you know. It's just people are gonna might lose a lot that they've worked for. That's that's the big thing. You know, human beings are pretty pretty awesome, you know, pretty um a lot of ingenuity I guess and um gumption and just you know, get shit started again. It's just people are gonna take a loss and then, you know, it gold could be used again in the future but more in a it can be direct trade but maybe it could be a tied to a blockchain um crypto or something or just another fiat currency like direct backed by gold but um who knows how it's gonna turn out i'd i'd say there's a good chance there's gonna be direct trade for gold um just you know um direct direct swap for um oil or something like that um you know it just depends how many people are open to it i mean i'd i'd take payment in gold um for something i'm selling motorbike or something i was actually thinking about advertising my motorbike when i sold it (laughs) in gold or silver but um yeah we'll see man anyway should we move on to Japan considering digital to nomad visas. Hooray. You've written Luca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, pretty exciting. I just, you know, the last, I guess, few weeks have been researching, um, looking up. Are you getting excited? You're getting excited about it, aren't you? I'm, I am getting I a bit excited. feel the excitement. I'm getting excited. 
I like the uh, I like the idea of I don't know living in Japan. Nice. Um, I've wanted to. I I consider living in Japan. I, I definitely I wanted to in the past. I, just, I remember like wanting to learn Japanese, but yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, you can. You've. What's your What's your mission? Um, I guess it'd be cool to buy a house. Uh, in in Japan, um, they're called uh, Akias, which uh, it's I think it translates to empty house. Basically, they're abandoned houses in Japan. Uh, I think there's about ten million or something like that um, all over Japan that are abandoned. Uh, I think the reason behind it is that. As far as what I'm aware is the culture there is they will buy a house and they'll generally demolish it. If it's not something they want to live in, they'll demolish it and then build something entirely new on top of it um, rather than renovating an existing house. Uh, Because there's also the waste fees, waste management fees, like hard rubbish collection, um, you know, scraps of demolished buildings or whatnot um, because the waste management is so expensive over there, it's cheaper for them to just abandon the house altogether and to simply move. Um, so yeah, you've got wow, a lot of... expensive. Yeah, you've got a lot of abandoned houses over there um, which you can buy and you can buy the houses with all of the, their belongings <laughs> in there so you know like there's a a guy called um anton warman um and he just basically goes through and he buys um houses and he just um does them up flips out basically Mm. just flips them and then he doesn't live in them i think he rents them out He's got a couple for Airbnbs um, and then sell, I think sells the other ones, but he's basically just written a book on like these houses in Japan and how to buy them and what to look for and what to look out for. Um, Sounds super exciting. So, yeah. Um, and, it's I mean, piqued my interest. There's, and the other thing is you don't have to be a resident. You don't have to um, be a citizen to own houses in japan um but Mm. on the flip side owning a house in japan doesn't award you any preference for getting a v um a visa or a citizenship or anything like that i think owning a shop though does like if you own a business in japan that gives you oh yeah you can get a work permit uh well it actually gives you more of a i think almost like a preference or an opportunity for a citizenship um, or, oh, really? or a permanent residency, yeah. It's one or the other. But yeah. something about owning a shop, I'm not sure what the eligibility requirements are. But, uh, yeah, I was reading a, mm. about um, a, a developer who bought a building uh, and he bought it because on the f- bottom floor he had the, the opportunity to open up a shop and that gave him the rights to apply for a residency. Yeah. Um, so buying the bi- <laughs> buying an, a- an apartment building 
wasn't enough but having the shop at the bottom was the um was the yeah, deciding like factor business yeah so i yeah. think i'm not sure yeah like i said i don't know how big the shop has to be or what type of business it has to be but having a business there or owning a shop there um gives you the opportunity to have a residency uh so it is pretty yeah. cool and uh, unlike i think australia um and i think some of the other commonwealth countries where and i suppose there's more countries as well but you're not actually you're a title holder so you don't own the land you own the title um whereas in oh, japan so you actually own the land in yeah japan. in, in Somehow, japan like, uh, my understanding is you own the actual land wow like in a different legal way yeah exactly Ooh. so i think here it's a kind of like a 99 year lease type setup um whereas there you own it yeah interesting so yeah i i think i think japan doesn't allow foreigners to get citizenship but so it must be residency unless unless i've heard that maybe it's changed but um but yeah if you can manage to get a cool house on the cheap and manage (laughs) start a little business there and get a work permit or residency permit that sounds sick and now you know they've got these digital nomad visas they're talking about them um it's in the works apparently um try uh, to bring up that site um there is some other options which is almost Um, even even more of a reason to be buying houses in japan because if people are going to be purchasing um digital nomad visas and moving to japan they're going to need somewhere to live. So if you can have, you know, small one, two bedroom houses available for people to rent pretty cheaply, then you might have a lot of digital yeah. nomads either live, live living solo in sort of, you know, small apartments or small houses. Um, and if they are digital nomads, that means they can pretty much work anywhere. So some might have a preference for living rural um, as opposed to in the big cities just depending on the, the style of person. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Because there'd be more demand. There'd be more demand for these properties that probably didn't have demand before. If More foreigners are coming in, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose if you're, yeah, if you're not working and if it doesn't physically matter where you are, then people might have a preference to live somewhere where they've got some nice scenery or... Um, Get work done. Yeah. Yeah um so who knows um yeah yeah it's uh i like the idea of it yeah there was um i don't know if you've seen it there was like a special sbs dateline episode not that i've watched sbs in years but um it looked interesting on this this same concept like foreigners buying cheap japanese houses could be worth looking at um yeah but i want to learn more man um where do i learn more um, so I would say, Anton? yeah, there's a Instagram page, uh, so I'll bring it up. So for anyone out there that wants to learn more, is it Anton? It's Anton, A-N-T-O-N, uh, dot in Japan. Dot in Japan. Cool. 
um, uh, yep. and he's got a Anton Warman, yeah, Swedish guy. Um, he's got a book that you can pre-order. Following, um, free houses in Japan. It's called. Is that what? It, yeah, he's holding it in one of the photos. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. Um, so yeah, check it out or pre-order it. Uh, I think you can get a Kindle version. He did um, send him a DM. Um, he does have a physical book coming out, but um, I think he was saying Amazon won't let him put it on the pre-order just as yet. So if you prefer oh, so a physical, yeah, it's only a Kindle, but if you prefer a physical book, there will be one becoming available. Um, the other things that I did join, um, were a couple of emailing lists, um, that he also, um, he's got a newsletter supports. Yeah. He's got his own newsletter. Cool. Uh, and then there's another one. I'll bring it up. Looks like he's got a YouTube channel, YouTube, YouTube, Anton in Japan, businessinsider.com moving to, uh, yeah, maybe that's, I don't know what that is. Um, cool. All right. He's got a YouTube channel. That's cool. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah, there's a cheap, cheap houses, Japan newsletter. Um, which is worth has he got a website yes doesn't uh, seem to be in his instagram links yeah it, it doesn't have a link set up for it but they do have uh, hang on here we go just bring up the website it's literally called cheaphousesjapan.com okay Cool. So if anyone's interested, hit hit Anton warming up and um we'll give you the lowdown. Yeah. So I guess he's I think cheap houses quite a bit. uh cheaphousesjapan.com is if you go forward slash Anton, I think he's he might be an affiliate. So I think this is separate to him. Um oh, okay, yeah. but yeah, I signed up to the newsletter. I think it's seventy two dollars US per year. And they give you each week. They give you listings of um, best ah. best pick houses that they've found in Japan to buy. Yep. Um, and how much are we talking, Luca? How much how much are they selling them? Like, what's a good deal? You think in Australian dollars? Uh, all right. Well, let's let's do a quick review. They've got this week's um, house picks. So the first one is thirty four thousand. Um, I'd say that's in US dollars. Um, all of these come up in Japanese. What if you've got Google Chrome? Um, it'll ask you if you want to translate it into English. If you click the box, always translate Japanese, then every time you open this, um, a page, it will translate it into English for you. Um, if you don't have that option, you can just right click and there should be an option to say translate to English. Um, so you just right click somewhere on the, on the page, uh, and click translate to English. It'll give you the details. Um, 
so they're priced in yen japanese yen um so we're looking at the first one here it says five million yen uh which roughly translates to about uh the conversion i think is fifty two thousand um australian dollars nice nice that's very affordable um if it's a decent decent house and um yeah it's yeah i think um they sort of measure it in subos uh that's the land as well isn't it the land yeah so the land area for this particular one is um 1551 meters squared yeah and i'd assume they'd probably just want you to pay cash yeah like and when i mean cash i mean to pay it all you have to pay yeah i mean I'm not sure how the loan system works for uh, yeah, internationals. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you'd, have to, you'd have to pay cash for it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is um, requesting information on the website that for cheap houses in Japan, they suggest that you contact them um, unless you speak Japanese. If you speak Japanese, you can contact the bro yeah. you know the the agents directly if you don't it's preferred that you go through a broker who does yeah um agent broker yeah who who can handle it for you uh cuz they said that if you send an email in english they just won't reply nice well maybe you could go over and check some out would love to even like yeah even not like buying just just suss it out do a trip get a feel for the country and um yeah would that sound good to you yeah well i mean it will be um we coming up six years since i've left australia so oh man it's i feel you man <laughs> I, I think i did something similar yeah or maybe five years six years for me yeah yeah so it might be time to get out get out and about japan is calling it keeps popping up on my radar so Japan is awesome, man. Yeah, I recommend it. Had a great time there. Yeah, as we said in the last podcast, they got some um, problems with debt, but they are a hardworking, you know, like um, savvy society and, um, and yeah, high economic, economic complexity. So it could bode well from pulling themselves out of a bad place. So. And as someone who's been there, Shannon, would you... Would you live there? Could you see yourself living there potentially? I would, um, I could live there if I'd already, um, if I'm successful in building a business and create more wealth. Yeah. But, um, at the moment it's, it's not a consideration because of the cost. It's cost prohibitive. And, um, I mean, yeah, I'm just enjoying Thailand at the moment as well, but yeah, definitely consider it in the future. Um, yeah, I've always, I've always, I've considered it. Yeah, I was thought about it in the past, but just didn't know how I could make it happen. Um, yeah, it's a cool place. So absolutely, man. Cool. Maybe we'll meet there one day. We'll um, <laughs> we'll keep the audience updated on uh, on how they go with the digital nomad visas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there is one called a designated activities visa, um, which gives you a year there. So it's like a more of a you apply based on like a special thing that you like, you might be volunteering for a charity, you know, something like that. Then you might, so that's an option at the moment. 
for anyone that doesn't have a, um, you know, like a company sponsorship work permit or something like that. So definitely check that out. Cool. All right. Um, where are we at? Where are we at? So we've done, we've done that. Um, topics, observations, quote of the day, Frank Kern. <laughs> so in my, um, nomad school community group, um, run by Brett Dev from brettdev.com. He posted today a quote from Frank Kern and there's a little accompanying three, four minute video. Uh, Thou shall not fuck around. Thou shall not be a pussy. Time to get to work. Frank Kern. <laughs> Love it. So, so if anyone is thinking about working online and, you know, making shit happen... I think this is something good to keep in mind, you know, and he, you know, he goes on to explain in the video that these are two things that, you know, you need to do in order to make it to be successful. You know, don't, don't fuck around. Don't waste your time and don't be a pussy as in like, don't, um, don't be scared to like pay for it, like a Facebook ad or a Google ad word or something. And, you know, because you're scared it's not going to work. So I mean, just, you know, take the leap and also don't waste your time. And, um, yeah. Yeah, sounds pretty cool to me. So that's just a quick short one I'd mention. Two two <laughs> dot points that I need to uh, need to take up on. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Luke, well, Luca, once you've, you've, you've started on, on, on the idea that you choose, um, put this up on the wall <laughs> i don't think it's like yeah once it's once you're on the path sort of thing i'd say um once you've committed to i don't a know path. you know maybe you could use this to more like you know research idea generation yeah for sure <laughs> um investing in plantations selling carbon credits um so this is something luca put up um so this is columbia as a resident residency option um so it seems to be in, i looked on the website luca and um there's columbia seems to have a lot of visa options and this this could be an idea for one of them yeah i thought it was and then i contacted the company um and they said that the mm. i think where they'll be setting up the company for this particular program it was through the um, expat summit um, and they had a special offer for people who were a part of the expat summit or found the um, company through the expat summit, which was 150,000 US dollars. Uh, and if they contributed that, um, it was offering a 20% return per year after the first two years so from the Shit, third year so i think from the calculation it was um 750,000 us over i think the 25 year period um yeah. so it's a it's a decent return um but it's uh, a certain amount of fronty certain amount of money up front it's not well, yeah, it's just one hundred and fifty thousand, and they were taking twenty yeah. people 
um, for that. But the issue was that um, they were saying the company will be set up in Uruguay. So you're not actually eligible to get a residency in Colombia. In Colombia, it's a minimum 160,000 US. Um, so you're 10 grand short anyway. I suppose you could, you know, um, invest an extra 10 grand somewhere. But uh, yeah, they were saying because because the company will be set up in Uruguay, you won't be eligible even if you did do it. So yeah, it kind of takes that off the list, but they do have other investment opportunities where you can invest if you were looking to um, get, a get a residency in Colombia. Uh, I just thought okay. this would be good because it could offset um, a lot of the work that I'm doing, doing tree work at the moment. Um, Maybe you get some tax breaks by investing uh, in, you know, plantations. Um, but I did speak to a lady that I go sailing with and she actually um, works in the carbon credit industry, um, selling carbon credits. And uh, yeah, she's she did make mention that uh, there's a lot of sort of corruption in in the field of carbon <laughs> credit purchases and distribution. It'd be like rotting, rotting. Um, um, yeah. So it, it, actually, I have no idea how it works. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> it's. I guess I suppose it's you'd have to do a bit more investigation into whether it how legit everything is. Um, and yeah, where's where's the money going are you actually in you know what are you investing in um yeah this was there was a lot of talk of this on the um, macro scene maybe a couple of years ago it was pretty popular talking about carbon credits but there hasn't been much talk of it recently so but the either way i think as far as i know the program only goes until 2050 so the the carbon credit program is only yeah. till you know, whatever you're investing in is only going till 2050 for sure. And then after that, there's... Yeah, and it's government controlled, right? So you might not... Who knows what's going to happen to these governments, right? Um, well, yeah, I mean, every, issued by, everything's... Uh, is that how it works? Uh, sorry? Is that how it works? They're issued by governments? No, there's, there's, a, there's a body of... Uh, assesses oh. the the quality of the carbon credits. Oh yeah, yeah, I see. So you've yeah. got like it, gold so they're sold standards. independently. They're sold independently. Um, it's just that yeah. the governments, I think, sort of demand that organisations are meeting the carbon footprint standards. Yeah, and that that creates the demand for them because right. of these governments. So yeah. companies, instead of actually, you know, planting their own trees, will just buy Minus carbon credits, credits yeah. off someone who's gone and planted the trees already. And then yeah. those trees offset a certain amount of carbon. They collect us, they hold a certain amount of carbon in the soil. And so you can, I guess, in return yeah, for that company buying, in return for that company planting trees, you give them money, and they yeah. they say that you this patch of dirt 
is allocated to your company kind of thing. Yeah, I love the idea as a free market mechanism, but I wouldn't want to be relying on any government incent- incentivizing these things, you know, in, in, t- in order to affect your purchase, I'd say, of these things. But I do like it as like a, um, like a, uh, just like an ethical thing to do for businesses. Yeah, yeah and this, awesome. um, yeah, this company in particular was um, growing Australian trees as well. So I did inquire about that. Um, they said that they moved away from using seedlings and were using clones. So I'm not really sure too much on what the definition is. I'm not sure if that means cuttings or if they're using some sort of just like they've cloned the DNA of one particular one they've, that grows really yeah. well, like have a really good they've specimen. They've made the process more efficient. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so they've gone away from, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not sure if it's cuttings or how they're really doing that, but um, yeah. yeah, pretty cool. Pretty interesting stuff. Um, so yeah, it was worth looking into, but apparently um, from that expat summit, they were saying that Uruguay is becoming quite a popular uh, place to move to. Yeah. Um, uh, Definitely. It's got... Um, Punta de Este, I think was the place yeah, that they were saying. Yeah, I've heard of that place. Yeah. Um, That's in the city, isn't it? Yeah. It's What's one the of, city? It's, Montevideo? Montevideo. Um, yeah, Punta de Este apparently is pretty big. It's on the coast. It's a city on the coastline, but pretty big for, I think, expats, um, business people. Yeah. Seems to be the attraction to Uruguay is like, they just stay out of everyone's business and, you know, globally speaking. And it's just like an easy life. They, you know, like... Apparently, it's, it's like a safe, safe place to live, and no, you know, it's probably a good thing. Like no one cares about Uruguay or whatever, so it's it's like a, it's a good, safe place to live. Um, Doug Casey has a place there. Doug Casey, one of my um, mentors, I guess, that I listen to online. But um, yeah. So are you going to say something? I was just going to say, um, I think they produce i think there's quite a lot of farmland in uruguay available for purchase um and i think they produce you know like some pretty significant percentages of the world's kind of agriculture in terms of um like soybean and corn and whatnot yeah um oh nice well that that's a huge plus yeah if they're um they're good at farming and that and they have a lot of they produce a lot of um, commodities like that, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there's pretty big opportunity there for agriculture and farming if, if people are into that. Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I guess there's pretty interesting opportunities there. Uh, and apparently quite safe, considered to be quite safe. Um, there was a, yeah. a talk on all the details of it. I think I had the video up. Um, but yeah, this is pretty it's, interesting. It is. It's very interesting. Um, these South American countries seem to be really attractive at the moment. 
as I think we mentioned last pod, but you know, Argentina, Uruguay, Colombia, you know, Medellin's got awesome reputation now. Maybe there's too many people going there now, but um, Argentina, you know, I think there's the election soon. So I heard Chris McIntosh from Capitalist Exploits. Um, I know, was it? Was it Chris? Oh, maybe someone else. But anyway, there's a, some macro person um, was talking up Argentina as an investment opportunity as well. So it's, it's interesting. Never been there. I'd like to go travel there one day. Yeah. Um, South America would be Maybe amazing. you should go to South America and Japan, Luca. <laughs> the- Do a um, rec- reconnaissance intel mission. <laughs> The, have a good time uh, while you're at it. Yeah, the only thing I have to try and figure out is how can I turn it into a business expense. <laughs> Say it's for absolutely, man. If you can reduce your tax somehow, do it. Just say you're going to research a new method of cutting down trees or something. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I suppose if you're going over there to look look at an investment opportunity, that that probably counts, isn't? Doesn't it? <laughs> absolutely man speaking of um luca reducing his taxes he wants to you want to create a budget how's your budget going budget is going well it's um yep. it's working you mentioned 50 dollars a day the other day 50 dollars right. a day um so i just give myself a fresh a fresh pineapple every day um <laughs> regardless regardless of how much i spend the day before whatever i don't spend i just put i just put aside and then the next day it's just a fresh pineapple in the wallet <laughs> and then <laughs> oh spend i it. thought you're talking about a real pineapple you had me there for a sec no <laughs> <laughs> a fresh fitty for, for any international people listening uh, 50 dollars notes are um referred to colloquially as uh, pineapples in australia so yeah <laughs> um so yeah a fresh fresh pineapple in the wallet every day and then whatever you don't spend goes aside uh i'm not sure what i'm doing with that with that money that goes aside but i can tell you that i'm doing pretty well and that i'm spending a lot less than what i was um so i'm buying food daily I mean, really, the fifty dollars is just for food. Fifty dollars a day for food. Yep. Um, yep. Awesome. But you, you, it's making you more aware, so you're spending less. As long as you're spending less, man, it's working. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty interesting how conscious you are of it when you're like, oh, actually, I've only got fifty bucks today. Yeah, and you're using cash, yeah. Cash, yeah. So, yeah. I think it works better. You have the cash, you can see it and you know how much you have left and it's, you know, it's like once it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> it's not like you have a credit card you can keep tapping or yeah. debit card. Um, business expenses, fuel and whatnot, that all goes on the card. So it's kind of separate to yeah. what I'm spending, So which is a good way to kind of separate yeah. it. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, um, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's cool because... For me, I guess probably, like you said, having the cash there on hand, you kind of visually see how much mm. you've got. Um, 
makes it more real when you're spending it as well as a bit i think i think as well yeah um yeah now i'm loving loving using cash in uh thailand i've probably used my card about five times here in about four months so it's um it does the trick it works good so they have quite so, uh, yeah it, you have quite um big notes in terms of the sum on the actual note yeah the biggest one's a thousand baht so that's about 50 bucks australian i think yeah so but 50 bucks australian gets you a lot here so what would um, um is there anything that would cost you a th- um a thousand bar um Oh, like if you, if you run up a bill at a bar or something, um, clothes and stuff like that costs you more. Yeah, like I bought a book. The biggest thing I've bought, I think, since I've been here is 1500 baht for my di- my book, Digital Marketing Strategy. Um, but I actually paid card for that because if it's going to be a big purchase like that, I might use my card, um, my Wise International card. Um, quick plug for them. Good good multi-currency card if you need them um so yeah no I pr- yeah i love it it's just it's just normal here to use cash um so it's sweet you know and like i like it a lot probably mainly oh well you know i just i advocate for cash for privacy reasons and like autonomy and that but like um it just keeps your state like your bank your online digital account like clear of crap so you can see like so i can see my monthly subscription deductions and stuff like that and it's just way easier to see without it being clouded with like 7-eleven purchase for a dollar you know what i mean um i can see the major expenses that i've spent on and it just takes up like one page because um they literally just literally just subscription expenses so yeah speaking of um, um yeah sorry you go i was just gonna say good luck with the budget yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. keep going <laughs> i was gonna say um speaking of 7-eleven i saw an episode um i watched the podcast that had ty lopez on it um not sure oh, if yeah. you're familiar was with that it. the nomad capitalist one uh I'm not sure. No, uh, yeah, no. I watched the interview him on the Nomad Capitalist interview with him on the Nomad Capitalist channel, which was good. That's the first time I've ever seen him. But yeah, keep going. Yeah, he's a really interesting, dude. I, I thought he was um, <clears throat> everything he was talking about and what he was talking about was pretty cool. Um, seems to know his stuff. Um, but yeah, he was talking about um, uh, he had a friend whose father came to America opened up some gas stations um, and wasn't making any money. So then he um, changed, had all the same color schemes as 7-Eleven and changed the name to Seven Even. Um, <laughs> and then apparently he just met, was making like millions of dollars um, before 7-Eleven sent him a letter saying um, cease and desist. Um, but (laughs) But he already made a shit ton of money yeah so they were kind of talking about how you can sort of you can get away with things to 
for quite a while before yeah. someone kind of probably like had a lawyer advise him and everything um before doing it well apparently so. they just they just never did anything for for quite a while um yeah, yeah. but by then he'd already made some money so um rip off and duplicate <laughs> is the uh, <laughs> yeah. as, as rich cooper would say is um pretty valid in in terms of how to get around stuff oh, shit. that's a cool story yeah i like that and um hey it worked hey and you know it's probably just at the end of the day it probably helps 7-eleven it boosts the probably just like a good marketing thing of 7-eleven um well, people just think that you're buying from the same thing don't you yeah but the, you know i heard the story and um you know i don't know just gives more exposure to them i guess because it they attract a man, you know. Seven Eleven man is um, the Lord, the Savior here in in Thailand for me. So, um, if you're ever stuck, you got Seven Eleven for vegetarian food or whatever. There's, I think there's like a ridiculous amount here, like a thousand Seven Elevens in Bangkok or some shit. Yeah, right. Um, it is, but the thing about it, Seven Eleven here, man, it's so cheap. It's like the same price if not cheaper in some things in supermarkets so it's very different from australia wow mm, which makes it really popular for everyone um rad man let's move on to business um i want to talk about this site called motioninvest.com i learned about this site from miles beckler which is a YouTube personality. He does um, lots of content on uh, making money from uh, from a blog that you do or like content creation and like monetizing that through like affiliates or whatnot or, you know, like a, a newsletter list. So a good way for, for bloggers to make money is to build a, a list, make, make a newsletter you know, give, give value to people through that. And then, you know, every now and then you, you could add a, um, you know, a related link to a product and it could be an affiliate link for a company. It could be, you know, it could be something cool. It could be like the capitalist exploits newsletter, which, um, I'll put a link in the, <laughs> in the, um, in the show notes below. So, um, this website, motioninvest.com uh miles mentioned this site and you can buy um established content websites so they have so they're they're good different stages i think so you can get like ones of huge followings um but i thought it's something cool if you're looking to you know not bootstrap a business so much and just kind of get into it or something already established with an audience. I thought it's something cool to look at. So one, one example you got here, you got an automotive niche, monthly income, $436. Asking price is $13,080 to buy the site. Uh, monetization through AdSense, Amazon, Zoic, visitors per month, 8,648. So that seems like a fair amount. Um, but I don't know, actually, I don't really know the numbers multiple by 30. I don't know what that means. Multiple, um, three years old. Then you got another one paint 
Um, so this is a starter one. It actually doesn't have an audience, visitors. Someone wants fifteen hundred bucks. Someone's pretty much just selling a website for fifteen hundred bucks. Um, there's more, but that were just the latest ones. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. What do you think? What do you think of this opportunity, Luca? Yeah, I mean, it's probably great for people who maybe already have a product in a similar niche and maybe want to. Um, well, I don't know if it's Mate, like start a blog or something. Yeah, because they'd have to like just continue someone else's work, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, it's um, either continue someone else's work or you're either looking for an audience that are pretty specific in something that you offer. So let's say automotive niche. If you go and have a look at the website, what type of automotive, you know, stuff are they talking about? Um, how specific is it? Are they talking about cars? Are they talking about restorations? Are they talking about um, collector, you know, um, vehicles? Are they talking about um, work vehicles like trucks? You know, like what what are they actually talking about? Are they talking about the mechanics of or just mechanic? work in general like automotive mechanics um yeah it's, it can get niche down pretty far i guess yeah and then if you've got a product you could probably buy the whole thing get someone to like keep uh, maintain yeah. the website like on fiverr or something get someone to keep writing blogs and then every third blog or every fifth blog you bring it back, you know, one of the articles are about a product or a service that your company provides. Um, yeah. So you just hit, hit, like, give the audience um, blogs about things that they're interested in and then every fifth one is about a product or service that your company has. So you keep mixing it up but still yeah. uh, adding as long your as... own stuff. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um I think as long as like you can figure out how to maintain the like you know the essence of it and like keep keep making good content i guess you could do it if you can do it and maintain it um maybe it's already maybe they're getting people to write for them already maybe it's not the owners that are writing for them i mean it um, might be you know i guess maybe like a out there example of this is if you imagine one of these URLs to be, you know, like the Joe Rogan podcast and then you as the buyer, you are Spotify. So you're just buying the content or creating a contract where this person and all the content that they produce, they can only produce on your website. And because it oh, attracts... It could be something like that. Yeah, because it attracts an audience your website is getting exposure or you you as the owner of the website could print your business all over it and advertise your own ads on the website and then it just brings mm. the content actually just brings in the audience um yeah okay it's like having a creating a creating content to drive an audience and then your company just puts a billboard on the website 
so that everyone that comes to the website sees your billboard or your ad. And yeah, it's just, they uh, could sell out. You can sell ads on on the site or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think there's a bunch of different ways you could make money off it. I guess the audience is the main key, or the niche. You know, people selling them without an audience. So I don't know how beneficial that is, but um yeah i mean it might. I, know, I guess it could be just a time saver you know if you're already interested in one of these niches and you don't want to like build it from the ground up a blog or whatever you could just buy this and take it over and just start doing your own writing i guess yeah and no, i think um, i mean the asking price for the paint one it's a starter it's a starter website um and it's an asking price of fifteen hundred dollars so that fifteen hundred dollars yeah, so is probably paying the covering the cost for someone to set up the website to set up the url the domain the email addresses and it's kind of just yeah. like a done for you sort of package um how i would imagine well, this, it yeah yeah i'm looking at another one here it's niche ai art generator they want 25 grand for it but they get 50,000 visitors a month monthly income 645 dollars so are they, it's, but that's software as a service that provide, it's not like a content, maybe they're doing using content as well. So they're selling, they're selling sort of different businesses on this side as well. Maybe it's not all just content. Um, yeah, but they're all online businesses. So interesting sewing, <laughs> sewing niche. Um, I guess the beauty is like there's so many niches out there, isn't there? They want six and a half grand, 20,000 a month visitors. It's not bad. $220 a month at the moment, income. Um, the, cool. um, yeah, the more you niche down, the more expensive things become. To, to, um, in what way? To buy or to sell? Oh, just thinking, I uh, just, takes me back to when i was on the tram and i was talking to this lady and she was on her way to a um a button festival she just bought oh, yeah, she yeah. bought antique buttons and just put it um put them incorporated them into her jewelry um and just like from all uh. all eras and all decades throughout history you just got these buttons that were on you know napoleon bonaparte's fucking war jacket or something um no who knows what but yeah and they're there's, rare i guess so there's there's not much there and there's demand for them right yeah and but i guess the point was that it was a um it was a button festival so thousands of people going to this festival all interested in buttons um and i didn't even know there's it an audience there. Yeah, exactly so there's an it's audience a- for everything um, <laughs> yeah so why not start a blog and create an audience because um, if you said okay it's going to be a festival for you know um bits and pieces of craft where it might not be a thing but if you say it's a button festival just dedicated to buttons and all things buttons people come <laughs> i guess you know so um yeah yeah who who knew <laughs> That's it, you know, it's, it's, that's what's pretty cool about getting into something. There's all these different opportunities. Um, all right, cool, let's move on. Fiverr. So 
Fiverr, I I want to get onto um, to offer podcasting podcast production services. Um, yeah, thanks for suggesting that, Luca. It wasn't on the list, but it wasn't really at the front of my mind. So I'm going to get that done. Um, yeah, so Luca, you're interested. You've made a, a um, interesting development in your search on Fiverr, yeah? I have. I uh, <clears throat> So I went and did some exploring on Fiverr just to see what types of services people are providing and offering. And there was some a couple of voiceover ones. Um, and I thought, well, I've already got the camera set, you know, got the, um, not the camera, but the microphone set up. We've um, gone through the effort of setting all this up for the, for the podcast. May as well try and make some use of it. I'm looking for businesses or, or work that I can do outside of my full-time work. Um, and something that I can do, you know, regardless of time or time of day or day of the week, you know, it's just something that you can come to work on and then leave and then just come and go, um, as you have time available rather than something that needs a dedicated certain time of day every, every day or every week. Um, so yeah, I was looking at doing some voiceover stuff found some creative writing and then ended up finding um, a couple of people that do like write personalized erotic stories. Um, so uh, yeah, <laughs> I, sent, I sent a message to um, one or two um, authors who write these, who write these short stories and asked them if they were interested in any voiceover work. And one, one of them was interested. So um, she sent me some, um, pages of, of her work. Uh, not, it wasn't work that she had done for clients. It was just her own personal stuff that she'd written for herself. Um, so yeah, I just did some voiceover stuff, just narrating, um, like a section of the story. I, I did all the editing, but when I saved it, I moved the location of the file before saving it, which just messed up the whole file. Um, uh, yeah. So when I sent it to her, she couldn't access it. So I was running I probably, short on time. Um, could probably help you problem solve that in the future, man. We'll talk later about it, but yeah. Yeah, so I just yeah, ended up doing... Um, I was running short on time. I didn't have time to edit it. I was like, rather than spend another few hours trying to edit this thing that she, you know might not even want i just did it in one take and sent it to her just to see if she was happy with it uh with the voice and yeah she came back she was happy with it um and uh yeah so i'll probably give a go of trying to make it a little bit more professional um try and make it as perfect as i can and then see if there's um i guess if her audience has any interest in it and then maybe can get some work that way uh, yeah, it's just a fun way to explore the opportunities that are available. Um, this is so cool, man. This is fucking awesome. Like, um, you found like a super like interesting niche. Um, you know, girls are going to be going to town over your voice and, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> um, 
No, nah, this is sick, Ben. Um, I don't know what the scene is like, but um, get enough work. This is something you could do remotely, and yeah, because you got a you got a deep ass voice um, that could be um, be a interesting voice for girls to hear. Well, yeah, could turn girls on. <laughs> I was concerned a little bit about the Australian accent, um, and maybe talking too or speaking too quickly might be an issue for <clears throat> people to understand. So I guess that's something that I just have to be mindful of when I'm doing. Can work it. on it, but if if she was happy with it, that's that's an awesome sign. Yeah. Um. Um. I guess if she likes your voice, that's. That's did she say she likes your voice? Well, yeah, I mean, what was the or just the way you talk or whatever? I think the only thing that she did mention was that it. I mean, and she got it. She hit the nail on the head. She's like, "Oh, it sounded like you did the recording in one take, which was impressive." But there were a couple of uh, words where you kind of messed up, um, and I just. Yeah, but this was just a demo work for it, or was this an actual job? No, no, it like... was it was just a demo, just to see if she yeah, if there was any you can, interest. You can edit better in the future. Yeah, yeah and I yeah I explained that to her, um, but she was happy with the rest of it. Um, so yeah, she was happy, more than happy. For me to do it and she even was going to put that um that copy mm. up on on a patreon um but yeah i just wanted to make sure before she did that that i edited uh, redo a version yeah. that's better and um so it's nicer for the people listening to it awesome man well maybe she'll come back to you in the future right yeah yeah so um yeah i'll do another recording um try and get it polished and then send it to her and then if um i guess she'll put it up and see if her audience likes it and if she gets some positive feedback i guess maybe there's an opportunity there to do some more work so she advertised the job on fiverr no she didn't advertise it i just came up with the idea of maybe people might be interested in doing Oh, so audio. you put an you put an ad up? No, I just contacted the author directly. So the authors. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, so they've you just you just searched it. Yeah. outside of Fiverr. Well, it came up. There's a section of creative writing in Fiverr. Um, if you go to the website, they've got different services. So there's voiceover work. There's you know, uh, I was looking at writing. You know, different like ghost writers. There's bloggers. Then there was creative writing, clicked on the creative writing section, found a couple of people that are writing like erotic, personalized erotic stories. So you, you know, you send them a message, Uh, hey, um, can you please write me an erotic story about um, me and my boyfriend and... um, But she didn't necessarily say she needed someone. You just kind of contacted, yeah. Yeah, no, no, there was no... um, no advertising for anyone looking for voiceovers uh, for it. I just thought it might be a good idea um, and just yeah. to see if there was any interest in there at all. And, yeah, one one author said that she had already had someone in mind for any audio that she was going to do for hers. And the other cool. one um, 
sounded like that she hadn't been she said it was an interesting proposition so i'm assuming that she hadn't received that before um which i kind of thought was unusual because there's a whole um there's a whole section dedicated to voiceover actors i'm surprised that none of them would have sent a message to anyone um writers yeah um to do i guess some writers might not have thought about doing audio versions of their work yeah um yeah well i mean i don't know i i guess i just think of um you know like those um phone channels that people used to call up and just (laughs) dirty talk on the phone with strangers so i just imagine that was a pretty big hit back in the day um maybe because it was a novelty at the time but um, man you you made a like a creative kind of this light bulb you made a creative decision to like you know contact these girls that's awesome good stuff um but yeah so there's uh opportunities there outside of just what is available um i guess is probably a good thing to keep in mind so even if you are on these websites try and create your own opportunities yeah yeah for sure and um yeah see how it goes man you can build a personal website start advertising your services and <laughs> luca <laughs> burn vo- voiceover artist erotic um voiceover artist <laughs> maybe i'll just start sending personalized voice memos <laughs> voice messages to people just give them a give them an example give them a demo pre-recorded send them an email with a with a link maybe you can on your website you can have demos uh maybe you don't want to advertise that you want to make it private but man there's lots of lots of angles you can play it so good luck to you thank you um no worries um you read 100 million dollar offers finally read it read it i will say i probably absorbed maybe half of it um yeah there was a lot in there and i was trying to get it done in the sitting it took a lot longer than i thought it would um yeah yeah i had to take a few breaks in between um but it was pretty in a day did it in yeah i think it was four hours and 40 minutes um oh that's sweet it's not that long. So recorded a time lapse of it. So we've got it all on camera. But I would probably need to sit down and I think read it through again. Um, yeah. Alex Hamozzi's suggestion was to buy the audio book or listen to the audio book while you're reading the book at the same time, which I thought yeah. was a good idea. I gave it a go. Um, <laughs> How did that work? And it pissed me off almost immediately um yeah. because i don't think i could do it it for two reasons one you kind of you can keep up with the audio for reading it which is fine but i kind of spent more time listening uh, like the attention isn't divided up evenly between reading it and listening to his voice I'm more listening to the voice over reading it. I'm just kind of like following with my eyes, but I'm actually listening. 
Um, yeah. And then... So, yeah, so you're not like... it's You need to sort of multitask a bit, don't you? Yeah, and then the audio version was different to the book. So in oh, particular okay. sections, I guess the book had probably been updated since the audio was yeah, first and then recorded. It's annoying, and then it's annoying to press stop and... Well, yeah. it's just, you know, you're following along and then there's audio for a section of text that is missing from the book um so i don't know if the audio has been updated or the book has been updated but there's missing it, mm. it's not congruent like it doesn't add up so you just and then you lose track of where on the page you are because he's just saying something that isn't in the book um so you kind of lose track and then you have to pause and go back to where you were or try and figure out where in the book you are um, and then you realize that what he's saying isn't in the book. So then you kind of have to just <laughs> listen and then try and wait for the next paragraph for where it does yeah. meet up. So it kind of worked and it kind of didn't. Um, I guess if it was perfect synced up. Maybe if it, it was perfectly better. synced up, it would work. But then I also thought could... maybe that's another good um, opportunity to do. <laughs> maybe I could just read the whole book through once again um on behalf of alex and then give him the recording um like um read it out yeah yeah <laughs> read out the whole give book an alternate voice and give to him his, um yeah well the edited version the updated version of the audio oh book. yeah <laughs> so <laughs> see if you can sell it to him well <laughs> just give it to him and then he can release it yeah um his big thing is about giving first without <laughs> asking so Maybe I could do it. Yeah, well, you give it to them for free and then uh, then get people to go to your website and then you'll get more voiceover work. <laughs> well, and there you go. I guess that's an opportunity. But um, yeah, that, that would be a lot of work. I mean, to do that and then to get it right, yeah. to edit it. The length, it's... Maybe yeah. I could hire you to do the editing, Shannon. I'm here, man. Um sworn agency forward, forward slash podcasting anyone out there if they want um <laughs> podcasting yeah, well, services probably should promote the uh the website give us an update yeah i haven't done that yet have i um i guess it's at a pretty good stage now where i can plug it are you but, ready um, to unveil it should we is it keep it a secret for a little bit longer or are you ready um oh uh, no nah, people can go there if they want yeah it doesn't doesn't worry me um you know, it's in first iteration. It's things could change. I don't know. I'm super happy with the name, but I think it's cool. It is growing on me. But um, yeah, if you want, um, I'll just stick to the podcasting for now. But this agency website, uh, SwanAgency dot com, and then to get to the podcasting forward slash podcasting. So for the listeners out um, there who um, maybe. Not all around the Australian accent. How do we how do we spell it? Um, Sworn Agency. So S W O R N Agency A G E N C Y dot com forward slash podcasting. P O D C A S T I N G. There you go. <laughs> Sworn Podcasting, and did have um. You, I'll uh, do a deal for you, Luca. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, um, 
I mean, the great thing and is... the deal could mean for free. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Um, the great thing is that if you edit the... Um, if you edit some erotic stories for me, then you get to listen to the erotic stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that. Well, Luca, if you give me a testimonial, I'll do it for you for free. How's that? Oh, there we go. For all the <laughs> listeners out there. Deals are being yeah, made. I'll, I'll commit to that. Absolutely. It's what I'm doing at the moment anyway, pretty much. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, yeah. Shonen does all the work for this podcast and he does a really great job. Um, so... If anyone's needing any work, podcasting or editing, um, send him a message. You can send him a message through the website, through his website, or you can hit us up on the Road to Making Bank podcast, um, the Instagram or any of the channels. Um, yeah, he's, Absolutely. he's uh, open and ready for business. Um, yep. Yeah. Cool, cool. Cool. Yep. Thanks, man. Um, check it out if you're interested. Um, what else we got? What, what do we got next, man? Um, cool. Courses, books. Um, oh, you're doing another course, yeah? Um, e-farming. Did you want to talk about that course? Yeah. I mean, quickly? to be honest, I don't really know too much about e-farming. I've just uh, yeah. started it. Um, but uh we didn't write it down so we don't have to we don't have to talk about it yeah it's a guy called igor kfitz um and it's called list building lives um but yeah it's e-farming basically from my understanding um it's a collect it's collecting a bunch of emails that people have agreed to uh receive marketing or or deals or offers and you're basically sending those people offers um on yeah, behalf could of be affiliate offers could be your own product could be anything yeah um and yeah so just and I, i'm not sure if it's doing the ads as well i'm not sure if that's a option uh, i'm not sure how in-depth it goes but yeah at the moment just literally going through the basics buy a domain name, set up an email account. and How's the feel of the course so far? Uh, yeah, so, I mean... It feels good? The thing I liked about it was, um, he said from the start, he's taking away, you don't need to think about anything. Don't try and get creative. Yeah. You don't need to worry about anything. He's like literally giving you the step-by-step process like he's going through. How do you create a domain like every step? Then what do you do? You add in this, you copy this, paste it here. Like, you know, like literally every step Yeah. to do it. So you don't have to actually think, don't worry if you're doing it, you know, if it's this or that or how creative, like I think the most creative you have to be at this point is think of a domain name and just yeah. make sure it's a and .com. Yeah, the main idea is... Um, I can't, I'm not sure if you mentioned it before, but it's like paying to, to build an audience. You can pay pretty much like placing an ad on someone else's email newsletter to um, get them to sign up to your, um, your list. Um, so if they want to be provided with offers pretty much, um, 
I think that, yeah. So I don't know if there's like a creative element to it, to it um, where you have to produce content or anything, but it doesn't seem to be. So, yeah, that's cool. We'll, um, we'll keep up to date with that one in the future. But um, something um, I might look at as well. I want to do like a blog thing eventually. Um, maybe we'll talk about it on another pod, but I bought a domain, like international strategy kind of blog perhaps which i might do nice and, um yeah i bought um international strategy.co so i don't know it's a final name but it, i liked it for a start but i'm like a i don't know i'm just buying domains willy-nilly these <laughs> not like i don't know, I have about seven now so once for like email and that especially but well, I tried yeah. to um I tried to buy my um surname but they wanted some crazy ridiculous price for it. Um Yeah, I think one name domains are like pretty much bought up. Um yeah, combination of words you can still get though. So I've heard. Yeah, so it's um I mean, yeah, I guess they're, they're, and yeah, I guess if you're not really into, if you're looking for a business idea, buying domains is a business in itself. Um, <laughs> it's buy and sell, yeah. Yeah, Flip. a lot of people are doing that. So um, looking at up and coming people, you know, buy all the, any, any names, yeah. any sort of business name. Um, what did Hormo? Alex Hormozy pay for acquisition.com. I think it was like $300,000. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. and he said it was worth it. I mean, this goes back to that um, seven even petrol station thing where he, you know, it almost sounds exactly mm. the same. People do that. People buy, I actually read that last week, I think. People buy these mistake domain names, but I think they like, they feel like frauds though for doing it, but like it can get you traffic. <laughs> like, you know, it could be like acquisition.com without the C in it or something. Yeah. Like spelt wrong. Yeah. So that's interesting. But Yeah. I so. wonder what the, um, what the churn or turnover would be from that. Or if you went to acquisition.com and instead of, getting to a website that's about a business investing in other businesses. It's just like a website that um, sells milk or something, you know? Like, yeah, tries to sell you something random. Yeah. yeah. So you'd have Who to... Knows, just, it could work. You'd probably still need a business. But the other yeah, thing is... It's just like a traffic thing. The other thing is a company that big um, or people of that that have that much money behind them they might want to also buy all the incorrect spelling accounts as well so that automatically because you know they talk about friction points if you misspell it and it doesn't work and you don't notice that it's been misspelled you might just think that the website doesn't work so rather than taking the risk of 
you not getting to my website, I'll buy the incorrect spelling as well so that if you do spell it incorrectly, it still just redirects to the proper website. Yeah, redirect. Yeah, people do that. So um, it's a smart thing to do. And I think if you want to buy a domain, like it it could be smart to just buy all the similar ones as well. So like if you buy, um, you know, furniture.com, you buy furniture.co, you buy furniture.com, io or that's a bad example but <laughs> you know you know what i mean or the other they're called tlds i think those extensions um in fact i wonder yeah. if you could create up like an like a um anti-hero business where <clears throat> you <laughs> i mean this is kind of be a little uh evil but if you just bought <laughs> domain names that were incorrect spelling and then you um, kind of had like just a landing page, like it was luca.com, but, you know, it was <laughs> L-U with two Ks, A.com. And then when you hit the page, it just says um, this company no longer exists. Or Luca.com, Luca.com no longer exists. And, and oh, like so th- bag out the company. Yeah. <laughs> say they don't exist like some, anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> like we, we had a good 10-year run, but we don't, we've decided to shut up shop. Yeah. <laughs> or you said like acquisition.com no longer exists, right? And then people yeah. get confused. And then... I mean, at some point, then sell sell it like, to the how Alex many people? <laughs> yeah, and then at some point, that company would have to say, "Okay, how much do you want for this domain?" Because you're <laughs> you're causing us to Destroying lose traffic. Destroying our brand. Um, yeah, shit could be an evil, um, completely unethical way to um, make some money. It's, there would be some karma though. <laughs> well, well, it's, is it's they- essentially like black blackmailing them. <laughs> Is there karma in business? Kind of. That's the question. Yeah, pro- probably. <laughs> I yeah, guess there probably it'll is. come back to you. I think I believe in karma. Um, yeah, interesting. Okay, let's move on. Life hacks, skills that we want to develop in the future. Um, I wanted to mention... It's just a quick little Instagram post by this guy I've started following on um, uh, on Instagram, funny enough. Um, Matt Gray, Matt H. Gray. He's got some cool, cool little posts. Um, but in terms of like, you know, if, you, if you're like a solopreneur, autopreneur, we've recently just looked up the definition. Maybe you want to bring that up, Luca. But um, if you're if you're a solo entrepreneur and um, you need to be productive for your days, um, this this could help out. I've been struggling with it recently, so I thought it, I might try and implement some stuff. Um, so num- number one is, oh, well, it's five. The, the post is five rules of autopreneur success. So if you want to go have a look, it's uh, Matt H Gray on in- Instagram, uh, Gray G I A Y. Uh, number one, no morning meetings. So if you need, if you're booking consultation calls, don't do them in the morning. I'm not exactly sure why he says that, but maybe we'll work that out. Um, number two, architect scalable systems. 
So I guess that's um, you wanting to put put some effort in, put some time into designing a scalable system for your business maybe. Four hours of deep work daily. Um, I think that's a good good uh, benchmark because if you're like in the zone for four hours, you can get a lot done, I've realized. Um, it seems to me I've been doing that in the afternoon now um, up until about eight, eight, nine at night. Um, I've gone back to my sleeping later routine, Luca. So, <laughs> um, Ooh, number four, daily exercise. Yeah, I think I'm getting more work done that way, even though I just got to be disciplined. Um, f- number four, daily exercise and movement. Number five, designate. I just guess that's self-explanatory. Number five, des- designate time for learning and leveling up, which is self-improvement, self-education. Consistency. At the bottom, it says consistency makes scaling easy. So, kind of, it's it just kind of resonated with me a bit. So I just thought I'd mention it. Um, yeah, I might might give it a crack. But if anyone's listening, um, let me know what you think of those those kind of protocols, and or or go check out his um his page. You um. Any thoughts on any of those, Luca? Uh, I missed the first two while I was looking up Autopreneur. Oh, yep. Sorry, yeah. So, um, no morning meetings, architect, architect scalable systems, four, four hours of deep work daily, daily exercise and movement, and designate time for learning, learning and leveling, leveling up. I think it's a good broad thing to like keep shit moving along, keep your health in check, Make sure you're constantly educating yourself with, you know, it could be a new course, could be Luca, your e-farming course. Um, figure out how to make your shit scalable. Um, deep work, no morning meetings. I don't It's kind of like makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you reckon? Yeah. It's, um, I think it's really depending on what, what type of business you have. If you're a yeah, solo I guess it, business yeah, owner, online business, I guess. Yeah, if you're an online business person and it's just you doing everything, then maybe meetings isn't really a big thing. Um, yeah, like morning, afternoon, who knows? Maybe yeah. you, you might schedule all your calls for the afternoon um, and just leave out maybe the first four hours of your day is where you do that deep work or maybe the last four hours of the day is where you do your deep work. Yeah, you can switch it out, I guess. Um, And yeah, I guess meetings, I would say meetings, it depends. Are they important? Are you having pointless meetings? If it's clients. If you're having pointless meetings, then maybe you should get rid of them. Just cut them. (laughs) if you're having meetings that are beneficial whether they're um morale boosting or if they're um you know maybe self-development or maybe group development then they might be beneficial to have them um if everyone's walking into a meeting and sitting down and staring at the ceiling then it's probably a sign that they're not being very productive. Um, yeah. So they're not really helping the business. It's just wasting everyone's time. 
um, cut out unproductive meetings. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the meeting one I think is circumstantial. Yeah, that's probably the most flexible. Yeah, circumstantial. But the other ones are more like um, uh, broad, which most people can use. I'd say, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess um, you know um, that whole thing of concentrating for eight hours a day and doing eight hours of productive work. It's um, it just depends how much work you're used to doing. So yeah, if you're and if you're being unproductive in that eight hours, then maybe you're better off trying to do a super productive four hour session and do these other things. Yeah, for so, me, like I'm certainly struggling. Um, when I go to work, I know exactly what I have to do: climbing trees. You know, you can see the job in front of you. You know, yeah, what needs to be done. But as soon as you know, if I'm working on this kind of stuff, trying to learn about business and learn what, trying to see what job opportunities are there. As soon as I'm not working and I have the day to, to try and work it out, uh, I have zero routine. So, um, trying to do eight hours of productive work is a struggle for me when I'm here um eight hours of productive work when i'm on a job site is no worries so i think it's just how much work you're used to doing in the setting um yeah so Mm. i think trying to do eight hours of productive work in a setting that you're unfamiliar with might be pretty difficult so maybe just try and do one hour of productive work or see what your limit is just try and stay productive for mm. x amount of time if you have a, a f- task that you can focus on focus on it for as long as you can and then see how just time how long that is and say okay 20 minutes is is my limit at the moment so set aside 20 minutes every day to do some deep productive work and then see if that gradually expands you know you might look at the clock and think ah oh, 20 minutes is up already or maybe I'll just work for a little bit longer today. Yeah, and that 20 minutes so. might weren't, might end up being 30 or 40 minutes. And so you might, yeah. you know, rather than, I know, say, okay, you got to sit down for eight hours and be productive. You're like, oh, well, I can't even sit for 10 minutes. So then you just give up automatically because you think, okay, well, yeah. I, I can't do yeah, eight you, hours. You might so have to plan it out. Yeah, and you might have to plan it out a bit as well as to say, um, you know, say you could spend two hours on doing your courses, then you do two hours on business idea, um, brainstorming or one hour, then, you know, you could, you could separate it and that'd make it less overwhelming. Um, I, I try to do that with my, my projects, try and prioritize them. It's, it's a challenge. Yeah. It's like, I'm constantly writing shit down and bits of paper and Right now, I have like base camp for all these different projects, projects, and then um, I use Notion for like, like a, a long to do list, like a long term, non urgent, and then I I write on bits of paper cut up into four squares from A four bit of paper for like day plans. So, um, but yeah, that's that's separate. That's more like a note, writing shit down, but. In terms of um, a day plan, 
Yeah, I mean you can you can implement this a bit and um, you try different things if you wanted, Luca. But yeah, yeah. I think writing things down is going to be the biggest thing for me. It's just something <laughs> that everyone has told me to do, and it's just something that I don't do. Do it, yeah. Try it. It, it works for me as long as you don't lose the paper. Just fold up an A4 <laughs> bit of paper into four, um, and then like cut it into four different pieces, and then. You can just keep it in your wallet if you go out. Cut, yeah, keep this little bit of paper in your wallet. And, um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Look into um, other software if you want. Man, uh, Basecamp. And, but, yeah, it's a whole whole world that is. It's, it's pretty subjective as well. Whatever works for you. Yeah, I guess I would say the... Um Start with the amount of work that you're comfortable with doing or used to doing and then just build upon that rather than um, trying to do every like all of it. Yeah, you don't overwhelm yourself. Just exactly. if, if you want to do a lot, try and plan it out maybe. So yeah, you know, maybe aim for that four hours of deep work that um, Matt said. So yeah, I'll, um, I wish I like had a printer or something. I could print all this shit out and put it my walls one day if i get get my apartment soon but um all right man we're coming up to it we're probably on two hours um i reckon we skip the huberman for now because um yeah you happy to skip that Luca? yeah i think so yep um any tools or services you wish to recommend or talk about um tools or services probably let you take the lead on that one i'll have a bit of a think but yeah i don't think i really have anything um maybe a quick um shout out to descript which um if you need to transcribe audio into written form and like remove say you got a podcast and you want to transcribe it and make a section into a blog post or whatever and then you want you can remove there's a, a tool, I don't know, it's AI maybe, but you can remove ums and ahs from the transcription automatically, which <laughs> which a funny anecdote. I put our last podcast through it, Luca. There was, we said um 672 times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 672. So I feel like this podcast, I've, getting be- I've gotten better at it. I haven't said more. Maybe I'm just more on the ball or whatever. But yeah, did you use it's transcript? A so, it's a sobering stati- statistic. Did you use Descript to get that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so I bought a um because I needed to use it for a client. Um, I well, a potential client. Um, I I paid fifteen bucks US for a month to test it out. So it's pretty cool so far. Um, you can cut up videos automatically. Like you can. You can make videos by editing the text. So if you have this audio with video behind it, you just cut the, um, you can cut the text out and it edits the video at the same time. So it could be a time saving thing in that regard. But man, there's so many like software like this coming out, but it seems to be pretty unique, like in some of the things that Descript can do. I know it's, it's got, it's pretty popular, so nice yeah that sounds pretty cool actually 
Well, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should probably, um, maybe a cool thing to do would be keep a tally and then see if we go up or down, um, see the fluctuations <laughs> of ums and ahs over the... Um chart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could, we could um, <laughs> I just did it then. <laughs> I just said, um, um, there we go again. That's two. I thought you said yumja. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's cool. Um, <laughs> the yumja. No ums, no ums. All right, so we'll try and get below. I'll put this one through. I reckon this one could be about 400, maybe this podcast. Yeah, I reckon. We'll I, I mean, I think there's a couple in here. I reckon there's a fair few. I, I say it more than you. But it's probably made. Can you me. separate the voices or not? It's just total. Uh, you can. So there's an AI detect feature. So I did, you know, we talked about Terminator 2 on the last podcast. I just tried, tried it out and it separated our voices in a transcript form. So it says, Shannon, um, Terminator 2 was a cool video, right? And then it's got, it says, Luca. Yeah, that's a pretty sick movie or whatever. <laughs> so it can separate. So there's cool tools, man. I want to um, get into it more. It seems pretty fun. Nice. I mainly, yeah, I mainly just got it to um, just test it out and um, thought I needed it to uh, for the client work just to test, yeah, just for some reasons. Um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. So I guess we, we have our audios recorded separately. So I guess you could probably run it over each one individually. Um, yeah. Well, what, well, what it does is, um, nah, but I, I'll, I uploaded the, the mixed file. Uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we could, we could do that though. Yeah. Yeah. But it has a function where it can separate our, um, recognize our voices and then, um, separate the text automatically all right well maybe we could have a, a running total as well as an individual total Just see see if we can um get a conscious <laughs> tally of of uh who's saying what <laughs> yeah can see how we go if i can be if i can be bothered is um, that like a stat <laughs> is that like a stat that you can um can you actually choose words yeah, you can delete what you want or whatever by just but selecting the text. But could okay, so you could choose a highlighted word. So like, let's say if it was pineapples, anytime someone says pineapple, you can choose. You could insert um, highlight pineapple through this text. So every time someone says pineapple, it would um, out locate the word and then add it to a tally or delete it or. Is it just ums and ahs? I think it could be just ums and ahs. It, they call them filler words. So there's like, you know, and um, and yeah, yeah, and shit like that. So what it does, it just, I think you just select what you want to scan for these words and then it comes up with a number and if you want to delete them or not. Right. Um, okay. Interesting. Yeah. That's pretty it is, cool technology. Pretty cool. Yeah. Check it out, man. There's a free, um, there's a free version. There's a free leisure level. Um, I actually signed up to PartnerStack, which is an affiliate marketplace that has Descript. So, who knows? Maybe I'll be chucking it a, a, <laughs> a Descript affiliate link down here one day. Nice. Um, who knows? Um, 
but it seems to be a good product so far. Cool. Um, let's see. What do you want to achieve in the next week? Um, uh, would like to have um this course finished. Um, uh, so the affiliate program finished by the end of next week. I think that's doable. Um, video course, yeah. Yeah. It's all video. Yeah, it's all, yeah. they're all um, short form videos. Cool. Um, so yeah, I think I could get that done by the end of the week. So uh, start with that. What about you? Yeah. Um, Let's see, I haven't really thought about it. Next week. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I got to go hard this next month. I got to go hard at um just getting clients really like build build these email lists for my cold outreach um getting on fiverr uh maybe doing a facebook ad or something something like that um there's another arm so (laughs) yeah (laughs) being conscious of it is like so hard uh (laughs) <laughs> see i'm trying not to say um it is incredibly hard so yeah that's that's the plan um and also also i want to try and build this build a blog build a comp- company around a blog possibly something to do with international strategy i was going to do it i remember telling you about anarcho flow which is an, an idea of a company that i wanted to talk do but i might replace that with this name um yeah, so that's yeah. There's more stuff I'm gonna do, but we'll just leave it at that for now. So. I like it. Yeah, so it's yeah. I think it's a bit of a pivotal period for my time here. I got this month. I got to make shit happen. So yeah. Okay. Uh, any questions you'd like to pose to the audience for any feedback? Uh, yes. Any if comments? um, we still have. Uh, a copy of $100 million leads available for any listeners out there. If you would like a copy of $100 million leads by Alex Homozi, hard copy, I will ship it to you anywhere in the world for free. Hit us up, everyone. Um, contact at shernanhaig.com or uh, hit us up on Instagram. Maybe that's the best way. Let's drive some traffic to instagram um <laughs> if possible give us a send us a dm on the road to making bank on instagram yeah and if there's any topics that you like or would want to know more about but can't be bothered doing research send us a message if there's a topic that you would like to learn about um or liked to hear an opinion on send us a message um yep yeah and um yeah if you've come up with any if you've seen a business opportunity that you thought was obvious that no one had um had come up with in an industry that already exists let us know what it was yeah we can um research it and talk about it so we're all about different ideas on this so different avenues for businesses 
different channels, um, different strategies. So, yeah, let us know. Cool. Um, I don't really, yeah, I don't really have any questions. So, um, I think. So, yeah, let's wrap it up there, man. Sounds good. Cool. So, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we'll catch you on the next one. We might have probably have a little break. So, if you don't hear from us for maybe a few weeks, um, we're just having a little break to um, get some shit done for me personally. So, we'll see. We'll talk to you soon anyway. So, thanks for listening. Cheers, Luca. Cheers, Diggity. See ya. Cheers, Adam. Bye.